needs to know. Nick 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 needs to know. You're now listening to the podcast that you need to know. Nick needs to know. With your host, Nikita McNamara. With co host, Julia C. Well. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Nick Needs to Know. This is Nick. And I'm Jules. And today we're going to be talking about Demi Lovato's new documentary, Dancing with the Devil. I'm excited. Um, so what were your kind of overall thoughts going into this, Jules? Going into it, I have to be honest, um, and we'll just start it off right there, being honest, is I really didn't care about this documentary. I didn't want, want to watch it, didn't really care. I kept seeing it on Instagram and TikTok and people talking about it, and I thought, and this is so rude for me to say, oh, it's just another celebrity with um, an addiction to drugs, cocaine, blah, 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 whatever. Um, but then I saw that she was addicted to meth and heroin, and that's what pushed her over the edge. And I thought, whoa, shit just got real. How do you get there? And I wanted to hear about the story. And that's what pulled me in. How bad is that, that I had to be like oh it's meth and heroin but again I think it's like that that story that's it's a similar story that you once you get into the celebrity world you get access to all these things and then you can go down that slippery slope um totally yeah. what about you uh, yeah I would say same thing that I really would not call myself a Demi Lovato fan mm -hmm. I think I kind of know who she is like um I would call myself a Selena Gomez fan I do like Selena Gomez mm -hmm. and I always think of Demi Lovato like you know Selena's little friend right uh <laughs> oh wow okay <laughs> oh is that rude I think we grew up at the same time and I think Demi Lovato maybe she's older but um, I, I kind of see what you're saying about the little friend, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go on. So then two years ago when it happened, I knew that it was meth and heroin. Like at that time, I can remember the newspaper oh. stories. Um, so I was pretty interested to watch this because I was like, huh, I wonder where it's going to go. But I think over the last couple maybe weeks or months Demi Lovato's been in the news a lot hasn't she like really trying to make a comeback and she's been talking a lot about uh transgender rights um mm. you know I think she came out as pansexual this week um it, it seems like she's kind of really I don't know if this is rude to say but almost grasping at straws trying to stay relevant mm. I maybe I don't see I feel like she's been on this journey through it sounds like through the documentary that she's been on this journey and only now through um, quarantine that she's been able to really dive deeper into herself and maybe you can take that as staying relevant but I think I see it more as like okay kudos you're really working on yourself because you need to and it's not more of just that fake working on yourself you think you are but now you're alone no one's there in your house or um she, I like, I guess she quarantined with her mom and her, her old ex-boyfriend or something like that. But, um, yeah, I think she had to really like think about herself. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it is that she's just trying to stay relevant or maybe she is trying to really work on herself. <laughs> Who knows? 
I know it's tough to say and you don't want to be too critical. The only thing I kind of thought was weird was, um, again, I didn't really follow Demi Lovato's career. So I, I don't know. I only know based off the documentary. But um, you know how they talked about that she kind of suffered with addiction when she was like younger, I think like 17, 18 and the whole eating mm-hmm. disorder part. And then it seems like that became a lot of her story and like... Um, I, I guess that that was like a way that she sort of related to fans. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that that ended up becoming the slippery slope that brought her back to her addiction. And then I kind of feel like, are you setting yourself up for failure again to be this public and to kind of do it in this public way in front of everybody? Um, and like, I, I don't know if this is rude to say, but to kind of capitalize on your addiction, you know? Mm, because that's what she did in, um, before in being so honest. And I admired her because she's very honest. So when she was saying, oh, yeah, I'm addicted to this or alcoholism or whatever she was, eating disorder, and everyone there was like, wow, she's so powerful, this message. And then she said in her documentary, I was saying all of this, but in the meantime, doing this. And that's what a great... Um, Person performer per, per, well performer person who's addicted can do is really yeah. put up that front and lie to everyone um that they're doing great so I I see what you're saying yeah it's is she putting herself up for failure again is she making us hold her accountable I don't know does she want that because it seemed when she had that eating disorder everyone knew and she set so many restrictions around her to, to in support but it almost was, it went the other way. It wasn't support. It was, um, what's the word? Like micromanaging kind of like, yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe micromanaging. Puppeteering almost. Yeah. Cause I'm you're making the claw hand. I'm, right? making a, <laughs> I'm making a fist right now. Just like grasping at everything. I don't know. Um, uh, but it's funny that you said gateway drug and you know all these like christian people are like if you do weed you're gonna do meth and it's like what where did that just jump from um but a lot of the things um i i I guess i kind of knew it but her friend sarah really put it into perspective and I, i don't know maybe it just clicked hearing her say it um but she said when people relapse they really go to a harder drug and I was really shocked. And she's like, I wasn't because, yeah, you go from cocaine and whatever it was, Percocets, whatever, the uppers and downers, to, like, how did you make that jump? And that was my what I was so curious about. Like, how did you just go from heroin to cocaine to heroin, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it really is a gateway drug, in the terms of you're always reaching for a deeper, more intense high. And again, I haven't done any hard drugs. I'm going to be honest, but you're always reaching for something more. And it sounds like, um, well, now I'm just rambling, but I think that was interesting. Totally. Um, you know what else I thought was really interesting? Um, especially in the third episode, watching how much it affects 
affected her friends and those around her. And that was kind of interesting because that's a part of addiction that we don't often see. Mm. That part where it's like, yeah, I'm sure a lot of your friends leave you and they don't want to be part of your life anymore. And for the person who kind of um, was responsible for all that, so like uh, Demi Lovato in this case, for her to say, like, I see how I let people down Mm -hmm. and I see how I almost like ruined her backup dancer's life and like I don't know that was really interesting and I thought that was big of her to kind of admit and talk about because it's something that you don't really think about no it's you think about yourself because as an um, addict I feel like you become very selfish what's good for me what can I take out of this and you don't really see how it affects other people Um, or if you do you don't really care when that hit comes in or whatever um I thought that was a great scene too where she was like it took me a long time to get to this point um because what we are seeing the documentary now in 2021 and it was filmed or when was her relapse in 2018 or 2018 right 2018 yeah so that's three years if I can do math three years um and it's taken a while. And yeah, her friend's life, who everyone blamed her, um, really crashed and burned and got taken away. And she's like, I'm just a, a good girl that enjoys things. And we hung out, but I didn't do anything wrong. And I'm happy that Demi gave her that um, platform to say platform. that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and did you believe that none of her friends were doing drugs with her it seems really weird to but again I don't know right just to be doing drugs alone in your room and it made me think like is there kind of a cover-up that's going on here because was she at these parties or here's how I took about took it is everyone in LA I feel like you taught me this does cocaine like everyone does cocaine (laughs) Or weed or something. Um, but I think she was doing it in, she was doing meth and heroin alone. And I think for sure, yeah, at the parties, people are drinking, people are doing drugs. Um, but she, I think Demi also hit it too. Again, I'm, I was not at the party. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of people were probably watching out for her and making sure that she doesn't do that that kind of stuff so she maybe she had to go off to the side to do especially meth and heroin you're smoking that and didn't she say something at at another time when she's like oh yeah this like she's used needles before yeah it's like what oh my gosh how do you get like that damn and how does no one notice yes yeah but again it's not I don't know. It's not Demi's fault for not noticing. It's not the people like around her not noticing because she can hide so well. Like addicts can hide so well. Yeah. And it's, it just shows how well they can hide it. Totally. Isn't that Uh, scary? And the part that really scared me was I didn't realize it got so bad that she had to get that like blood transfusion thing in her neck. Like that was really scary to watch. Hmm. Yeah, and even in that music video when they portrayed it too, um, and honestly, it it kind of again I don't know how to say this nicely, but it just it was great for her that she was able to live through this. But there's so many other people that don't don't have the money 
wait, don't have the money. Does that make sense? Doesn't yeah, especially in, in America to not have doesn't the money, have the money to do that. Healthcare, yeah. yes. And to go through all these things and these doctors being amazing. They said that they had three, four doctors, the one looking at her eye, her brain like that. And she's like, I shouldn't have lived. And it's like, yeah, no, no one no one would have checked up on you. Like no one has an assistant to check up on you if you didn't answer your phone. And I'm not picking on her to do that. It just sort of reminded me that she, yeah, she's so lucky where she is. She has the means, she has the money to be able to live through this experience because there's so many people that can't and they just die in an old shack. I'm totally doing a stereotypical, like a drug addicting person um, alone. Um, right? That was the part that I thought like they could have done. Like yeah, her like dad. her dad. I thought they could have done a better job in talking about that as well. Because one of the things that while I was watching it, I was like, yeah, all these types of treatments that she got, would this be available to regular people? Or how expensive was all of this, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think she probably is very, very, very lucky to be alive. And she's lucky that she had the means that she had to be able to afford the healthcare that she got, because I think she'd be in a completely different situation. Um, and I like that you brought up the music video too, because, um, I think the music video, um, I don't know, that's the part that kind of makes me feel uncomfortable. I think good for you sharing your story. And this is important for people to hear. But at the same time, there's almost like a glamorization that goes on with this, you know, Mm -hmm. where she's like, look at me and everything that I've been through. And it's like, yeah, but we have to remind little kids that this is a slippery slope. And not something you want to get into because not everybody's this lucky. You know what I mean? Oh, I see. Yeah. It's true. It is a slippery slope because the average American, if they like, oh, I could try math or I could do this because I saw it, not because of Demi Lovato, but, um, and I'll, I'll be able to do it. Like Demi had how many strokes and she can't see out of her eyes and all, all these things. But yeah, she was able to, um, she has a lot of help around her. Yeah. And, um, the most in- one of the in- interesting parts was when she was in the hospital and their families around her and they're saying, Oh my gosh, like you're so lucky to be alive. And she's like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm in the hospital. And then her sister's like, and I looked her in the eye and, and I knew she wouldn't relapse. I knew she wouldn't do this again. And then she did it again with the same drugs, with the same drug dealer. With the same drug dealer. And that's a whole other, like, let's come back to that. Yeah. But um, that was mind blowing to me. And that just shows how messed, effed up addiction is. Like, you went through hell and back to be alive, Mm -hmm. but you're going back to it. Like, that's so scary. I never want to be at that point. Um, yeah, I yeah. don't know. It, that, it was just so crazy. My mouth dropped and I was like, wow. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah, but okay, so let's talk about the sexual assault. Yes. I'll start. What was interesting kind of gave me the, I, ew, we keep saying interesting. <laughs> Why do we keep saying interesting? It's our new, it's our new word, like in our group, group, family, family groups, 
in our chats, we always say interesting. <laughs> I find that I say interesting because I'm like trying to process something and I'm like, hmm, that is interesting. <laughs> oh, God. Um, was when Chris Harrison was interviewing her and she's and he said, oh, you're writing the song. It seems like you um, like what kind of experiences or what trauma have you have you gone through? You're 16 or 17 at this point. And she's like, well, a lot. And then we figured out that she had sexual. It's it's hindsight 2020. Like in that interview, we can't be rude to Chris Harrison because he asked that. Yeah. Um, but now we we know. Yeah. It's like, okay, you don't know what people are going through. A 16-year-old can have more trauma than I've had in my whole life because of just how they grow up or what what's happening, right? Totally. Well, you know, what was interesting about <laughs> interesting, our favorite word about this um, documentary was it had a lot of parallels to the Britney Spears one in the sense mm. that it was kind of interesting to see that um, she had a management team and her management team was so controlling over her, you know, and they controlled every move that she made. And it was almost like she had to sort of like, you know, break free and kind of rebel against this because it was so like this. Um, And then it was, it was very, again, now I'm catching myself saying interesting. It was really interesting to see her change management and want to move to working with Scooter Braun. And she was like, oh, the Mm -hmm. reason I want to work with Scooter is because he doesn't need the money. And he's gonna care a little bit more about me rather than caring about making money. So um to to see this again where someone's sort of treated as a product and it doesn't matter you know who they are what they're going mm-hmm. through just as long as they're able to perform at a level in order to generate profit for this group of this like management team it was just really weird to see that and I don't know it it shot it's shown a lot of perspective even into kind of that whole Britney stuff because it's like yeah I guess at the end of the day all stars are kind of treated this way aren't they yeah, that's a great point that you're saying that they're a product. And yeah, you have to look at the product because you're selling them, you're selling the music, you're selling their identity, all of this. But in the end, they're a person. And when they go through this stuff, you have to sort of put their product side to the side and focus on them. And I feel like that starts with management. But um, that's a great perspective that she wanted Scooter because he, she's like, he won't, he doesn't need it. Yeah. And then I thought, do we like Scooter now? I feel like we didn't like him because of Taylor Swift. And maybe that was a one-off because she signed with Taylor so young and maybe the contract was, I don't know. But we got a different side of Scooter in this one, right? I agree. <laughs> um, that's what I really want is a Scooter Braun uh, documentary because I've always thought Scooter was the worst because of Taylor Swift. But now I've seen him in um, Justin Bieber's documentary and uh, Demi Lovato. So what we really yeah. need is a Scooter Braun documentary. And not just focusing, um, not made by him or production, like someone on an outside perspective to be able to show us all of these things. I need a little more info because I've been so against Scooter. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So now we have to talk about the big thing is the drug dealer that she called. And that whole thing, like, 
F him for taking advantage. But again, are we surprised that that happened? Unfortunately, no. no. Yeah. And how sad is that for us to think about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just left her. Oh, God. You can see him leaving at like 7 o'clock in the morning on the video camera. Like, oh. But the the worst part was a month later, she called him back. And then she's like, then I wanted to take advantage of him. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the first time she's done that. But in a sick way, I don't know, sick way, I don't want to say that, but I definitely understand what she's trying to do. Totally. You know, reclaim her like power. Take, mm-hmm. rec- rec- yes, reclaim her power. And it goes, and then she's like, it didn't work. Like, I didn't feel any better. And it goes back to um, just because someone hurt you and you want to hurt them back, does that make you feel better? No. Never. And you always, you always think it does because how many times have you done that? And I'm for sure have probably wanted to do that a lot, but you have to remind yourself it doesn't make you feel better. You won't get that validation that you want. But again, with everything in a, not even a just addiction, but you can see that just because you do something doesn't mean it's going to be better. No. Um, and one thing that was kind of hard to watch is I agree with everything you're saying. Tell that she's so hurt. And like, you know how they say hurt people hurt people. But mm. um, at the same time, a part of you was like, I don't know. You're kind of a poor little rich girl crying right now. <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes when these celebrities, like at the beginning when she's like, you have no idea what it's like as a performer. Everything is about your body. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, when you're a 16-year-old in high school, everything is also just about your body. Like, as women, that's a universal truth that we all go through, no matter what. You know what I mean? So um, I hear everything she's saying, and um, I I agree that it must have been so hard. But it's like, yeah, this is hard for all women, right? Like, this is something. So I guess this is what I'm trying to say is that um, she kind of keeps the stereotype going. You know what I mean? So we see these, like, beautiful, young, skinny uh, stars who are, you know, doing this. And she's like, you don't understand. This is killing me. And it's like, well, there's all these little girls at home who are trying to be you, and it's also killing them, you know? So Mm. where does it stop and where does it end, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you have to break the mold. But I think maybe it goes back to being a product that she's been drilled in for so long because she was in the Barney, like, show and performing for so long that she has to be this person. And people around her have drilled into her. Um, You have to be this person. And I think it takes a lot of energy to get out of that mindset and then to focus, I mean, this is, I'm going to change myself after blank number of years. Um, but I think when you come in, like someone like Lizzo, who's really embracing her body and people are still attacking her. I mean, like, you're so fat and what are you doing? And she's like, I've been on diets and this is what, I, what, what my body is like. And I see her on TikTok all the time on, in swimsuits and she's just like embracing herself and I just love seeing that but 
Jessica Simpson when she was super skinny and then gained all the weight and then people are making like you know it's when you people come in and then they're you see what they're trying to show you it takes time and it takes mindset for yourself and for the people looking at you to change and not judge but I agree it's um everyone's dealing with their own body issues and the only thing I will play a devil's advocate is that 16 year old in high school is dealing with it around her friends Mm -hmm. and maybe on social media with any whatever, but she's dealing it on a world stage. So everyone's commenting on hers, her body image. And we can say, just don't read the comments. Yes. But it's not that easy. (laughs) And but and it's I, not that easy. I understand yeah. it's on a bigger scale. And then even when she was talking about her first sexual assault, like when she was um, young mm. and she didn't want to have sex. And, and even that story is like, honestly, not a universal story. But I think if you were to talk to five or six girls, probably three or four of them would have a similar story to that. So and she said it. She said it was textbook in the sense of that, like, yeah, they pushed yeah. it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's just kind of interesting because um, you want to be sympathetic, but at the same time, you're like, yeah, girl, we all go through these issues. Like, this is life. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I didn't want to watch this documentary because I was like, okay, another same girl getting into drugs, alcohol, whatever. Yeah. But then when it was to that different scale, I was like, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, but then also you don't want to diminish um, addiction because I think it must be awful. And I can't even imagine what that must feel like. And even the point that you made about, I can't believe she got to rock bon- bottom like that. And then she relapsed. I was like, what? I was like, that yeah. didn't scare you straight. I was like, oh my God. That, yeah, that just shows, no, it it doesn't. Something, and the family kept saying it over, and I know it because I, my dad was addicted, was um, an alcoholic. So no matter you hit rock bottom, you have to want it yourself mm-hmm. to fix it. And she never did. But that, her hitting rock bottom in the hospital, all that, and then relapsing again with the same, I want to say MO, but I don't think that's the right word, but... Same drug dealer, same drugs, everything. Yeah. That just blew my mind. I was like, wow. I will be interested to see what happens now because um, good for her, I think, for... We're rooting for her. Yeah, we're rooting for her. And good for her to kind of claim this because, well, here's what I want to ask you. When this happened two years ago, I remember it being kind of a big thing in the news. But if you were to have asked me before this documentary came out do I know anything about that? I would have told you no. And I honestly probably would have forgotten about it and never really thought of it again. So um, it's kind of interesting that she sort of brought this back to life now and she's kind of sharing this with us. Because like, yeah, we are rooting for her. But again, does that put like an immense pressure on her to kind of stay, I don't want to say stay good now, but stay clean? Yeah, and I think it's cathartic for her in the sense because she's a musician and she writes her own songs. And so that's the music video that we saw. She wrote that. And now she's able to address those demons in her, um, the devil dancing in her. Right. (laughs) And, um, and kudos to her because 
um, I don't want to say normal people, like someone like me, if I went through, I don't have an outlet. Yeah. Like she does to be able to get that out. Like I'm, what am I take up dancing? I don't, I don't know. But I mean, um, I think it's cathartic for her and a lot of um, performers to revisit again, face it head on, um, and talk about it. So that's why I don't know if she's capitalizing on this, but maybe my hope is that she's just like, I'm going to put this out there because I need to, and maybe it helps a couple people, but, um, she, I think she, she's doing it for herself mm-hmm. in the best selfish way. I hope so. That's, that's how I'm taking it. But again, yeah, where we're all root, I'm rooting for her. Um, and I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, oh, what are you, what are you doing? What do you, I don't want to set, do that. But um, we can see that addiction is a journey, an up and down journey. And that it's not just, oh, you hit rock bottom. Okay, now you go up. It's, oh, you hit rock bottom. Now you're going to go deeper into the lava. I don't know. What's deeper. <laughs> and then you're going to go up and then you're going to go down. So it's her own journey. Totally. I think, yeah, Yeah. I I don't want to comment too much because like, yeah, we don't know her. We're not friends with her, but I mean, it's, yeah, good luck to you. I hope you, you have everything around you to set you up for success. Take, take advantage of it. And we're here. (laughs) Like, call me if you need me. Demi, we can help you. I'll bring the baby over. (laughs) I'll bring the baby over. We'll go to Nobu. Um, <laughs> yesterday, because uh, it was Good Friday, I was just watching awful daytime TV, and they were actually talking about this. And one of the girls, one of the women, um, I can't remember what show I was watching, but some talk show, one of the women was basically like, yeah, you know what she should do now? She should get married and have a baby. Because I find that when you get married and have a baby, that um, it just makes your life so much better. And I think that'll take your addiction <sighs> away because then you'll have something to concentrate on and I was like huh interesting and this lady was like older um she was probably in her 50s and there were two younger um uh the 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 two other girls they were younger they were probably around our age and um you could see their faces went hmm but they didn't want to be rude so they were like yeah that's a great idea and I was like oh my god isn't that classic what they tell you not to do don't bring a baby into the world just to fix your own life (laughs) yeah oh my gosh You need to think about what talk show and who said that ASAP because that's horrible advice. (laughs) And that sounds like a 50-year-old advice that, yeah, that's what I did. My marriage was falling apart, so we had a baby. Totally. And and you know what? Maybe it could have worked that it brought it closer. I don't know. But I don't think that's the answer. Yeah, I don't think that's the answer. Oh, my God. Okay. How... Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think this was a good discussion. I think all in all, wh- what do you say? Would you recommend that people watch this or? <laughs> it's pretty short. I don't even think that I kind of think it's coming out every week. So I think that we still have more to go. I think because did you see it ended kind of weird? Like they said in the. Yeah. yeah. So we watched the first three episodes. So there must be more coming out because I'm like, okay, well, what's happening with your 
this engagement? What's happening with all of this? Yes. So we might have to film a record a uh, number two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. From, um, I was going to say, from what we've watched, they're pretty short. They're only uh, 20 minutes. 20 minutes. So I would recommend watching them. It's 60 minutes of your life. And what are you going to do? You're going to throw it. Yeah. yeah. I would say watch it. It's in, interesting, our favorite word, um, through that her, her journey. Um, so, yeah, watch it if you're kind of bored and you need something to watch. It's on YouTube. Um, okay, so thanks for tuning in, everyone. And follow us on Instagram at Nick Needs to Know. And let us know your comments. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.